And we're off. Uh, it's Bob Rivers along with uh, Zip Zipfell. I'm in Las Vegas, Henderson, Nevada. Zip is in Boston, Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. And Ed is in Detroit, Motor City. Uh, a specific neighborhood, Ed? Yeah, downtown, you know. Downtown. That's how we do. Downtown. <laughs> uh, Dave is joining us reluctantly for a few minutes. He, he always likes to be behind the scenes. Uh, David Lee is our Kuba uh, of IT and engineering and makes all the behind the scenes stuff possible. Let's all say thanks. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and let's play the jingle to get the show on the road. We see that I, I dig it every time. Uh, okay, so tonight, um, despite my best efforts, we didn't land a guest for tonight. So I thought what we might do is take the behind the scenes of doing the podcast and bring it to the forefront and tell you sort of the stuff we've been talking about and, and what we're doing. Uh, the first time I, I started podcasting with Zip and Ed, it was 2019. And I, it was Thanksgiving. Do you know how do I remember that? How do you remember that? Uh, you have an exceptional memory? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, you, you were remember. thankful that it, uh, you pulled it off. It was just before the pandemic, and it was the last vacation our family had ever taken. And we were in Palm Springs in a little rental house having a big Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. And for some reason, because I'm terrible at organization, scheduling, Anything that has, you know, a column and a decimal point. <laughs> I share the same melody. <laughs> any, any list that needs to be remembered, whatever it is. I, I, you know, I have, I, I, this is basically a, a cross between foosball and a pinball <laughs> in here. <laughs> so I, the reason I remember is because I, I was excited to do this with you. And we did a few rehearsals and, um, and I brought my laptop with me on vacation. Right setting it up in some weird room that was a little bit echoey and uh and then the next thing we knew all hell broke loose you know after we did a few trial episodes and covid hit ah that's right which was fantastic uh, for launching something you do all alone indoors <laughs> do you think there's gonna be a baby boom that's like a covid baby boom because everybody was indoors i know without even looking there are stats on that are there yeah, it must be. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely a diabetes boom. <laughs> You're such an ass. <laughs> well, I've read about that one. Uh, no, yeah. people, got, people, people gained weight and got unhealthy. People thought, and, and by the way, at the same time as the diabetes boom is the, the treadmill boom. Yeah. What was that treadmill that everybody bought? Yeah, Peloton. Peloton. Yeah, the Peloton stock went through the roof because they're eating so much homemade bread and ice cream, it's going to go crazy. I made the sourdough. And and uh, forever changed the business model of America. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it really did. It's, it, I think it was going to go that way anyway, but I think it hastened the trajectory to be sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you, so, uh, any, do you leave so, the house for anything anymore? Any, anybody? Do, do, do I read the what? <laughs> leave, leave the, the house. house for anything anymore? Um, I will... Dash. 
I, I, like, like I needed pool test trips to test the water in our pool. Yeah. Ph. And Lisa said, "Well, go to Walmart and get them." And I looked them up, and they were twenty-two dollars. And then I went to <laughs> Amazon, and they know, were eight. I, I went to Bezos Smart. <laughs> Bezos Smart. <laughs> and they were, you know, twelve dollars, and I could get two for the same price, so I ordered them. Yeah. And then I got them in yesterday, and they looked a little cheap. Hmm. So, uh, you know, there's always, you always got to figure out what you're doing. So uh, the story, as the story goes, um, for those that don't know, Zip and I were partners on the radio from about 1981 to 1987. Wow. On a very big radio station, uh, WAAF, which became a huge Boston rock station and was legendary up until last year. When it was purchased by, what's the name of that organization, Zip? Uh, it's a Christian radio group. It's a gospel consortium of some yeah. kind, yeah. But they're the big one. I mean, they're the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost of Christian radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they are the iHeart of the Yeah, they, they are <laughs> the iHeart. I'm ordained, by the way. Maybe they'll hire me now. Yeah, I saw yeah, you. We, we need your, to get the yeah. details on that. I, I saw you got your uh, certificate of being a, a minister. Yes. Uh, and I got one of those too. Um, <clears throat> not a lot of theology went into it. I didn't go to Bible college. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I was already somewhat versed in the gospel. Sure. And you and you're marrying some friends. Uh, no, uh, uh, Buddy's daughter asked if I would uh, perform her service, and I, I said, under one condition, you don't compensate me. So, well, it makes you a very odd religion. I know. <laughs> I'll never make it. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> all right. So we put this together, and throughout all of this time, uh, David Lee has been behind the scenes helping us. When we got to the point, well, well, 2019 means we've been doing it for three and a half years. Do you know what number this is? No. This would be two. Oh no! Uh, two. This two thirty-six, I believe. Two thirty-six. Brought to you by Prevagen. Prevagen. <laughs> you see yeah. it every night on TV. Which you see really, pe really smart people who say they can remember stuff they didn't used to remember. <laughs> by the way, if you Google it, it's all bullshit, it and is. there are no research. There are no studies, and the FDA says waste your money if you want. They're gelatin capsules or whatever they are. This is two sixteen. Thank you, Dave. I was stalling so you would be able to look that up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is the two hundred sixteenth podcast. <clears throat> when we first began this podcast, I was also doing something with Bob, Spike, and Joe, uh, which is, by the way, difficult. People wonder why I don't do that all the time. Uh, a couple of reasons. One is. You know, Joe works 100 hours a week. Crazy. Dedicated. And Spike works more than he ever worked for me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Glad he's not here yet. He is going to join us this, this, this evening. Uh, and so, um, and, and, and Ed and Zip are still in the midst of their careers. Zip may be winding down. He has that look. He watches Jeopardy every night. <laughs> He has that look. <laughs> that had enough, right? Vacant stare. Vacant stare. Best, best got the glow of the TV light in front of it. Um, Sounds like a morning hey. show. Lo hey, it's vacant and stare in the morning. Guess what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, and and really, so when I set this up, I had really only one goal, uh, but I always have an agenda. Yes, you do. So it's goals and agendas. Um, 
the goal was really to see and interact with my dear friends who didn't do the 25-year radio journey with me in Seattle, who were always the people I would love to work with. Ed Kelly, one of the greatest voice actors in, in the profession. Amen. And yeah. And Zip Zipfell uh, not only got me started like by playing drums on all the Twisted Tunes, and um, but he was kind of... Uh, I was able to roll with the punches. You gotta <laughs> roll with it, baby. Um, no, it's more than that. Zip has uh, seriously the kindest heart of uh, really anybody that's ever been in my life. And at that time when I was starting to do a radio show, um, what does an egomaniacal protagonist host need but someone who's kind <laughs> <Another point. laughs> that yeah. they can use as a punching bag? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the ketchup no. packets exploding good more. But, but Zip has also oh. got this quality of unimpeachable integrity and honesty, which I think back then neither of us had. As if we were actively <laughs> on an alcoholic treadmill, right? <laughs> and uh, and anyway, so I, I thought well, let's just have that conversation. And and the thing I wanted to do is never turn it into work. Yeah, so it's been, yeah. You know what why, I mean? Why would you want to do a real job if you could do I, this? Well, as it turns out, I kind of do, but I don't want to force child labor. And by child, I mean people brand new to Social Security. Um, <laughs> and in other words, I, I didn't feel like I could ask you guys to like prepare all week and, you know, and line up and have ahead of time discussions. So it's been pretty improv. And a lot of what we've done has been very similar to a morning radio show where we you know, we Came vamp at 559. 559 and, uh, well, actually, I always prepared a little bit, but not so much back in the alcoholic days. You got me! <laughs> uh, but came in at 559 and vamp on the events of the day. The yeah. politics, who the internet's making fun of, what gets lots of clicks. That's what it all turned into, which kind of disgusted me and made me want to get out of media, actually, to be honest with you. Um, and so lately we've tried... An experiment, longer form conversations with fascinating people, and we came up with the moniker, uh, the truth gets its pants on. No, how bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> and you all know where that comes from, right? Dave, you know where that comes from. Uh, truth gets its pants on. No. Oh. Uh, Maybe I did. But. Well, it's it, it's been quoted in TV shows, which is how I learn most of my Eastern philosophy and <laughs> Greek mythology. No, seriously, Ed, you know this because you're you know the union people who are on strike. Writers are some of the most brilliant um, and and psychologically learned people out there, and and literally they're they're doing these character development calibers. I think all right. They got to write stuff for these characters, and every once in a while they say something wise. It's usually a famous quote. So uh, I looked that quote up a while ago. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on. Any guesses? Who said it? Uh, Aristotle. <laughs> I would go that far back. I would. But no, it was Winston Churchill. Churchill. According to BrainyQuotes.com. I was just going to guess that. You were? 
You must have told me at one time. No, I think I think you might look that quote's been around a while. And never has it been more relevant than every single day the humans have been on the earth. I don't think it's just today. I really don't. It's it it's because drama misinformation or and sometimes not misinformation pretending we know thinking we know if it's exciting to tell somebody especially if it puts someone else down makes us feel superior it spreads like wildfire if there's a nuanced truth involved well it it takes days to report it takes a team of reporters to report on that truth right as the companies are cutting back on salaries and staffs and and what do those reporters now? There's only two of them left. Yeah. What do they do in the morning when they get out of bed? <laughs> the sin of omission. <laughs> Come on, Zip. Call each other. All right. This is Prevagen time again. It's they, they put their pants on. Oh, wait a minute. There's a parody for it. Prevagen time again. Yeah. I hate that stuff, so I don't want to give it any... Uh, I mean, I hate the idea that stuff like that could take a lot of people's money and it's Me just uh, snake oil. Mm. But again, snake oil, also nothing new. So um, Sometimes if the doctor recommends a supplement, it is legit. Sometimes. Give me an example. Uh, my sister, when her iron is low, she, she, he will tell her to take an iron supplement. Yes. Um, if she's vitamin D deficient, he will say take a, I don't know if vitamins are considered supplements, but, but. Right. But he has something cable news doesn't have actual data. Yeah. Yeah. A blood test, which I had a bunch of those today. They took, they took so many vials out of me. I'm wondering what, <laughs> what they're thinking of replacing. So many jokes. Yeah. A little time. <laughs> so, uh, so the I'll get to the point. The discussion involved. Well, it was me discussing it with myself because I was blindsided. You guys, right. but the <laughs> that's true. Very <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, Magoo! Hence so, the vacant stare. You've done yeah. it. <laughs> well, I thought about it, and I thought we've got a nice little rapport going. We've got a little thing, uh, but us talking about the news. He's not going to cut through the clutter because, uh, first off, there's much higher paid people yeah. with degrees and uh, staffs preparing them with talking points. And, you know, it, and by the way, I think all that stuff is a waste of time. So when I added all up together, I said, ah, should I quit podcasting? And then I thought, but what will Ed and Spike do? And Zip and Ed Couple, and here's the news. <laughs> yes. And then I thought, maybe you've trapped those guys because of your cancer and your sickness, and they're stuck doing this thing. Well, we were thinking he'd be dead by now, but uh, we'll hang out with Bob as long as he's here. I mean, seriously, those are that's actually a real thought I had. I thought the ankle bracelet was a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I ain't going anywhere. I got an ankle bracelet on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And so, so anyway... Uh, the half-baked idea was, what if we made these evergreen, not topical, not about, you know, DeSantis' stupid launch on Twitter, which nobody cares about and won't even hurt him, uh, not about, you know, God, I saw a fake news story the other day. I'm going to save it. I'm going to do it on uh, 
uh, Spike and Jack's show tomorrow. I pop on there on Fridays. I guess if I do it on here, no one will hear it. <laughs> uh, Spike oh, is going to join us, by the way. And, and I love uh, popping in on their show every week. It's um, just a thrill. It's a blast. Two o'clock on Fridays. So this week, and you guys may know some of these people, there's some East Coast radio consultants uh, that we worked with over the years, a guy named John Paracol, John Sinton, um, and a few other, and, and those are the two I know really well enough to, to mention their names. Paracol uh, had a without, column, did he not? What's in, that? Didn't Paracol have a column in um, Radio and Records? Yeah, he did. Well, he wrote guest call. Yeah, they were at the they were at the highest level of media in the in the sense they were considered some of the biggest brains. Yeah. And they are still today. Uh, And I got to meet with them in Nashville a a couple of months ago and and just have like a guy's retreat, uh, which was great. I mean, there was nothing too far out. It's Nashville. How far out can it be? No, when when sixty to eighty year olds rent a house, it's <laughs> not even the TV gets loud. Uh, but uh, but it was great. And um, anyway, uh, one of them, uh, John Sinton, is the fellow who put together Air America. Oh, and someone I would love to have on as a guest. That would be cool. But I'm waiting till we get up to speed. Like when I before I get really smart people on, I want some average everyday guests. The people I know, like Zip, who will be supportive and <laughs> kind for the mill. Yes, uh, but we've done a few of those. We did the Kathy Faulkner uh, interview, which I think is maybe the best podcast we've ever done. The story of the '90s, uh, and then with you guys last week, we did the Chuck Opperman story, which people are still raving about. You know his honest, heartfelt telling of the story of being suicidal and um and then his recovery and massive success in the software world i was gonna say and following large large s recovered yes yeah uh so i've i've got a whole bunch of guests lined up and it's funny i was like I know I'm rude when it's only two days before a podcast. Because <laughs> you want to say, well, you're like, when are you free? Well, we got an opening in August. <laughs> <laughs> you're also going into the vacation season. So yeah. you're, you're definitely yeah, true. You want to make them feel special. Um, so a couple of them coming up are uh, both friends and really amazing people. Uh, one of them is an author. Uh, and he hasn't booked yet. But I, I've been told I can get him. My jump on the gun. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I teased I teased Dave with this. I read a, I just read a book <clears throat> that has literally changed my life in a way a book hasn't done in many years. A new book or an old book? Uh well, Amazon dropped it off at my house. <laughs> okay. New, new to you. <laughs> uh I don't know the year. Hang on. It's not terribly old. <clears throat> and I sort of got it by accident. Does, does it have a Dewey Decimal System number? <laughs> Probably does. Yes, yeah, it certainly does. Older folks in the audience. <laughs> uh, first printing, uh, 2002. It's okay. a 21-year-old book. And uh, the author is knows a friend of mine, and he said, oh, yeah, he'd come on your podcast. 
Yeah, print people are pretty, uh, they're more accessible than, you know, movie and TV people. As in lonely. And by the way, to, to me, someone who can write a book is yeah. like a god. Oh, dude, I work with one, you know, every week. Big time. Big Mitch time. Album. Yeah, one man, of the I mean, biggest in the world. And I've hinted, but he obviously wouldn't come on our podcast. Oh, he would come on, yeah. He wouldn't. I think he would. When he's not promoting a book. When he's on tour, forget it. Okay, you know? he's busy. Yeah, he's and he also busy. does an afternoon radio show five days a week. And uh, has uh, nine charities in Detroit as well. And an orphanage in Haiti. I don't know what this guy's made okay. of. I'm and poor an now. I'm poor now. Is he rich? Correct. Is he, <laughs> is he rich? He's his rich, right? I don't think there are any uh, tag sales uh, or garage sales. Yeah, that applies to me and Lisa. But I'm talking about really rich. Is he rich? <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask you about his bottom Don't you want to have him on the show, Ed? Uh, no. <laughs> Seriously, I, 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 I have this little purient nature. What does he drive? Like what does it? he drive? He doesn't drive, actually. Um, because, oh, 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 oh. No, he does drive, he's, but he's a terrible driver. With him. He's a terrible driver. I'm a terrible driver. Too. Um, but he he mostly is on his computer in the backseat because he just writes. He's hugely successful in working all the time. Well, and got he's a columnist. He's a broadcaster. He's yeah. a philanthropist. Does he still just... write for the free press still? Yes. Okay. Oh and for those God. of you who maybe need a little bit more background, Mitch Album wrote the book Tuesdays with Maury. Who here has seen that or read it? I read it. Dave? Okay. Tuesdays with Maury uh, started his writing career? No. Uh, he had, re I read, he'd Fab, already written Fab yeah. Five. He was a sports writer primarily, though, and a columnist. It was about him sitting with someone in hospice who was dying basically a right? former college professor yeah yeah brilliant brilliant book to this day you know they have it on the bookshelf at every hospice so uh, yeah it would be great to speak with him the book i'm referring to is called the war of art i've heard of this book there is another book called the war. art of war yeah and i always like the parody better than the original yeah kidding um the art of war Inside joke <laughs> yes the art of war is a chinese uh cla classic uh yeah. written by shinzu in uh not 2002 let me see when was it? it's like hundreds of years ago mm -hmm. like ages before our time uh Up it's updated for the new millennium Reprinted for me, though, in China by people working for five cents an hour in 2023. Anyway, this is considered a literary classic. And I, I've read the first few pages. Mm -hmm. It is about war and it is about how to win a war and um, exactly how human emotions play out in war. This book, The War of Art... It's about the war that goes on in our own heads between the life we're living and the life we wish we could live. Hmm. There's a gap there. <laughs> between what I want to live and what yes. I'm living. So we're going to speak to the author. I'm willing it to happen. So it's going to happen. That's part of what's in the book. Willing it from the universe. Yeah. But, uh, but I want to tell you a little bit because it, I think it lends itself to our discussion about the truth gets its pants on. 
and how we do this conversation now that we've had three or three and a half years of you know practicing doing old morning radio style stuff uh to get more intellectually into it there is a um every day every decision you make there are things that you wish you could do and then there are the things you actually do and some of them overlap like zip you became a drummer yes i yeah. did that started as a wish right who did you see that you looked up and you, and you went, oh. Let me guess. Ringo. Um, well, yes. No? Yes and no. It was actually a neighbor's father had a really? drum kit in his basement. He was a jazz guy. Oh. And hmm. I just, you know, it's that moment. It just, yeah, it just stuck. Yeah, and, and then it, later on, yeah, yeah, I've got many drummers. I so when you had that, that thought, I want to do this, how old are you? Maybe nine, eight. There's no polygraph, so just pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. You know, it's yeah. show business. Yeah. Eight, maybe eight. You know, yeah, that's amazing. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. I was yeah. six when I knew I wanted to do radio. Um, and by the way, that's rare. David was uh, doing a different career and got into IT. You were at Boeing, right? Can we say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, many years. So, fun. In Can order I just to do, yeah. clarify one thing, um, I also wanted to be a play-by-play -play sports announcer at the same age. I used to sit in a closet and rebroadcast the Red Sox games. I would listen to Kurt Gowdy and replicate the games. The same age. And now you are an announcer <laughs> and a drummer. And you'll do either of those things for 50 bucks and drive 10 hours to get there. And he's right? out of the closet. And this is the month. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I think I'm going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, when you love doing something. Uh, by the way, I, I, same here. I mean, I would have paid to do a weekend show on the radio. It was just, yeah. I have to do this. It doesn't matter. Uh, so anyway, that's your art. But throughout your career and throughout your life, as you want to do something, you will run into this thing called the resistance. And it's usually fear-based, fear of failure, fear of looking bad, procrastination fear is one way. Fear of success sometimes. What's that? Also fear of success sometimes. Oh, total fear of success. Mm -hmm. I'm having a huge relapse of that right now, actually. You know a little bit about it. It's just, it's scaring the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, because if you take a risk, you will, you know, something will happen. It'll either work, be somewhere in the middle, or you'll be ridiculed and you'll be embarrassed and you'll crawl back into your hole. Speaking of the hole, let's bring Spike on right now. He's just joining us. <laughs> Spe <clears throat> Speaking of hole, and since it's June, hey, hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you come in the podcast through the back door here. <laughs> oh. um, hey, part of the fear of failure or a fear of success, Ed, yeah. Um, is that you always, when you don't try something, you always have the security that you could have done this. Yeah. If only you'd efforted, you could have been this. Yeah. And when you try, if it doesn't work, that security blanket of I always could have is gone. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's currency people spend. And that's one of the main contributing factors of fear of failure. Or, have, you know, you, have you read The War of Art? Uh, I have read The Art of War. No, The is War there, of... Is, is that a different book, The War of Art? 
Yes, just like is that Art, Art Linkletter's bio? What is just like <laughs> Levi the Tampons is a different song than Queens. We we are the champions. Yeah. Is the War of Art a parody of the? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually, I I started the show and we're talking with these guys about how we're sort of changing the nature of this podcast. Uh, mm. and, and I'm going to warn you. Uh, we can, we no- can cuss now. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Once a beavis, always a beavis. So, <laughs> also, I found a, I found a cap that's got a bull ripping a, sh- a china shop to hell, that's and that's that's, that's what you. I went for Father's Day. Anybody watches it? No the uh, the uh, the nature of the podcast now is I want to make evergreen uh, long d- discussions and interviews, and I don't want to do any mm. more topical stuff. I do cool. not give a shit what DeSantis did today, a- and part of it is because. Uh, it's really just, boring and annoying. You just joined eighty-one percent of America, too. By the way, yeah, is that right? Don't give a shit about what DeSantis did. Today. Okay, yeah. He's going topical on me now. I know. <laughs> you started it with the with the numbers. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the War of Art. Um, Steve Stockman, our friend, knows the author a little bit. Steve has also written a book called um, "How to Make Video That Doesn't Suck," and we'll have to have him on while we're in the friend. Oh interview mode uh, and and spike what we to bring up speed what we've done the last couple of weeks is we interviewed chuck opperman from 90 minutes i saw it was, it. it was a gripping tale it was wonderful podcast yes and we interviewed uh kathy faulkner with you and also a gripping tale and those seem to live on longer and when you have the diagnosis i have making things that live on longer Oh, not a bad deal. I hear you, man. Well, because the news the news cycle is is nonstop and it's nothing lasts in it because it's being replaced constantly. Constantly. When yeah. when you can talk about our lives and the things that matter in our lives, those are the things that have a sense of permanence. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. So uh I want you guys to know, and I kept him on here tonight for a reason, because he he doesn't feel like he's a performer at all, and he always says, Take me off the screen. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but the reason we're here is David, David Lee, and uh, and David all the time throughout this whole podcast has been whispering ideas in my ear and trying to get me to go this way or that way. He really would like it to make a little bit of money because his wife is probably pissed that he's been doing this for three and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Nancy is sweet. Is she pissed? She's not pissed. She knows you're having fun. No, she she knows what's going on. Okay. Well, you're you're growing weed to supplement, it, right? Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Those are great, cute. man. Yeah. Hey, man, you want me um, to come and top some of those out for you? Oh, no, man, even me, man. They're just getting the flower, man. You got to let them go. Right. Uh, so the war of art—that's uh, a guess we have coming up. Um, the author Stephen Pressfield. Uh, the premise in his book is basically this. That if you give that thing that keeps you from doing what you want to do a name and then identify, become routine for you to identify when it's what is happening, uh, then great things can happen. So the name they give it in the book is the resistance. Mm. So like anything you want to do, the resistance, like even if it's like, I'm not going to have that Haagen-Dazs bar in there. The resistance says, oh, yes, you are. (laughs) Um, But when it comes to art, the resistance will prevent you from taking a chance. So like with the podcast, I thought, I'm going to make this jingle. Truth gets pants on. We're going to switch it to interviews. And I'm going to really try hard. And then guess what? It's like you absolutely nailed this. The first thought that came in my head is, you'll be a miserable failure and everybody will see. 
<laughs> that you can't get any numbers. Has been. <laughs> and then Never I thought, was. Yes. So the premise of this book, which I'm not going to do a whole book report tonight, though, um, it's spiritual. And it's why it's kind of changed my life a little bit. When you take those risks, when you actually go for it, the universe actually acts in some ways as your as if it's your guardian angel. I swear to God, that's. I mean, I, I don't swear to God, but I'm, I mean, I have found that to be true. Say more, Ed. Story. Well, I I used to live over there, and I used to look at this skyline as a child, and I say, I don't know how, but I'm going to get over there, because I, you know, I was immersed in American media, even though I was in a Canadian city. It was kind of like. You know, off the off the driven path. It's not true. Now, what is between barbed uh, between Canada and the U.S. Is it barbed wire? Is no, it one of those. No, we, we've from... taken that down. There may yeah. be under the water, but it's the St. Lawrence <laughs> Seaway. Um, yeah, it's the DMC. Always... The it's the D Maple Zone, right? They, they <laughs> <clear out> all <laughs> the. So you were Canadian from a kid. Yeah, you knew Zip knew he wanted to be a drummer and a Got baseball you. announcer, and you knew you wanted to eat supersized food. And live in the land of uh, Ed, Ed wanted to be American, dude. Don't undersell that. Ed wanted to be an American. Yeah, and um, I did. I did not want to get married almost ever, even from a kid. And I did not huh, How am I going to get over there? That's the only way you can get in. Oh, anchor babies. <laughs> Chain migration. I never thought, I never thought of yes. backpacking anchor babies, but yes. And so. Wow. So you knew you wanted to be in the U.S. And I, I, and when you say people move from the universe, I, I had to almost have my arm twisted to send that demo to Andy Goodman at the American Comedy Network. Because your dream of being in America would end if he rejected your demo and you were afraid of losing that. I could, like Spike was saying. Y kind of, yeah. yeah. Spike, I think, was right on the, on the money because... And it was Renee, my buddy, that kind of twisted my arm. And when a month went by and I hadn't heard, I said, I said, I said, see, I was right. Nothing's going to happen. And Renee then, was a guy. Renee was a guy. Renee was a guy. Yeah. He's Canadian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely Canadian. Him. Oh, it's a more good Go ahead, go ahead. So I, talk I, about. Talk about not wanting to have kids, too, because that's really uh, that's unusual. But both you and Zip uh, did not procreate. Yeah, I, I David, have I ever asked you, do you have kids? You've never asked. I never no. asked you. <laughs> no, we don't. David is no. like this girl I've been banging for six years. And now she's like, do you even know my name? You got how many kids at home? Well, I mean, six years is a long time. It's usually viruses. Days Your short notice analogies have really got to improve. I pulled the trigger like, like Johnny Carson would on a bad joke. And if you end up ridiculing me, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Uh, so how many kids do you have, Dave? Zero. <laughs> We have zero kids. I didn't ask. There wasn't anything to know. All right. That's right. By I the way, uh, Ed, by the way, Ed and Zip, you can adopt now. You know, it's Pride Month. You two can still, <laughs> still realize your dream, you know? I'm cool with just practicing. Yeah, you know, and I, and I really do enjoy children. I, I And kids love me and uh, all of it. But I just, it's too weighty a responsibility. Like, there's so much going on hmm. that is involved. You basically have to give up your own life. You have, And that's the ultimate 
in selflessness. And I think well, you, you have to put someone else's care and Way well-being yes. above your own with unconditional love. And that's a horrible right. thing. Explain how horrible that is. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, one, of, one of my co-hosts is uh, Ken Brown. His, one of his opening lines when he was a stand-up comic was, uh, I hate kids. <laughs> just go, it would go from there. But and Not I, just mine, but yeah. all kids. All you know. the, yeah. It's the fear of, of, I would actually lose my sanity should I lose a child. And I've had two friends wow. recently that have had to do do that. One of my partners buried his own son. And I don't know that oh. I could handle that Oof. level of grief with the thin skin that I have. Can I say something real quick here? Before yeah, but I'm just going to hold up this book. I want you to all read it before he comes okay. on. That's really why I did it. Sounds it. interesting. Okay. I do want to read it. Um, I actually, it's, funny, it's, yeah, it's funny, and you said your fear of losing a kid is one of the things that kept you from being a kid. That's the whole fear of loss thing, too, doubling back to what you didn't try, you know, fear, you know, not being a parent because you think you might lose a kid. That's unbelievable. And, and I think I would have been an okay parent, but I, I was a latchkey kid, so I really didn't kind you of didn't have the, the training. Yeah. But you would have figured it out. Maybe. But, but you, it, you went your path. Is it no children for you? No, that we, I, know of, that we know of that. We know. Let me <laughs> applaud Ed for the honesty because I can absolutely, totally relate to everything you just said. Really? Uh, same exact deal. Okay. Uh, fear of commitment, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yep. And fear of not being able to provide enough or whatever. All those hamster wheel yeah. worries. Because we, we it was broke ass Poe. We had to borrow money from the Waltons, and I don't mean the ones that own Walmart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, good night, lawn boy. Good night, Jim Bag. The Waltons. <laughs> Say lawn boy and Jim Bag. Those yes. little kids you remember. <laughs> Something like that. So with no kids, I'm very curious about it because I I mean I have them and and it, I can confirm all the things you didn't like about them. I mean, all of a sudden your life is second. You know, and and, wow. and and when you realize it, it's, if you're a dumb guy like me, it's like yeah. right when they get home from the hospital. Not until then. <laughs> 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 and then you go, oh, my. Will I feed the baby at three and six? Why? Sure. How long could this possibly go on? <laughs> and, you know, and then how long will I be responsible for this thing right. for like longer than almost I've lived so far? It's yeah. yeah. And well, I don't you want to... and your wife have been quite a unit. I mean, she has literally kept you on the tracks. Oh, yeah. You attempted to leave many a time. <laughs> Talking to you, Bob. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the truth. The truth you is wait, looking. Wait for... for somebody else to jump in front of a bullet no. for you. There, we're not no. coming, buddy. <laughs> Actually, the truth is looking for its socks before it can put its pants on. Yeah. Um, he just depensed you. I mean, Lisa and I are Lisa and I are a very unique uh, couple uh, in many ways. We both were brought up uh, with um, anger in the household, and yes. um, and you know some basic anger dysfunction. And and so when we met each other, uh, the minister who interviewed us before marrying us had us fill out a questionnaire. And when he got the questionnaire back, he, like, I went to see him, and it was like he had this look on his face, like, um, yeah. So, uh, usually, 
Can I keep this to show other couples? Yes. Do you guys be okay with that? It was. I still remember this. He was like, usually in a couple, one is the alpha, and the other one, you know, gives in once in a while. Looking at what you guys have filled out here. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> it was just a failure, you two. <laughs> it sort of sounded like he was saying, "There's no way this will work," and um, and and I and I recall oh, at that dear. moment because I felt I'm not I'm alpha, but I'm alpha, you know, with, with quite a few weak spots in the shield too. <laughs> and I remember thinking at that point, "Ah, shit, it's gonna have to be me. <laughs> I have to give in." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite possible, uh, uh, Zip, that what you just said it, it literally saved my life, that Lisa um, was able to corral me a little bit and that, um, you know, it may have made that that much of a difference. So, yeah, it's it's true. Uh, but then we've, you know, we've spent uh, how long have we been married? Gosh, 42 years, 40, come, 41 wow. years. Uh, we've spent this 41 years negotiating, trying to negotiate a truce every single day. <laughs> <laughs> and you've achieved a ton. Well, and so I, I still trying to finalize the prenup. Yeah. Minister was like, he was very wise. He knew this would be difficult. Um, and if hey, Bob, you believe, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Lisa didn't keep you on the tracks, but. Bob Bob tried to rob his own train. Bob's the engineer. That was, Bob tied Bob tied himself to the tracks and decided to stop the fucking train. I mean, that woman has saved your ass, my friend. Oh, I remember, Spike. Do you remember being uh, and I can't? I want to say it was oh, uh, Atlanta, but I'm not sure. But you came. You were in a kilt, you know. Yeah. And I said, so so how? That sounds like Nashville. Did, were you wearing a kilt at that time we went to Nashville for the radio convention? No. Nashville, Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, oh, Might have New been Orleans, fun. many many times. But so, what? So what? many we went to, and you guys were always there, and I was always there. I said, so uh, how's it going, Bob? Oh, well, it's back on the blow again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. What? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was, of course, kidding. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, can I can I give my take on parenting and Please. marriage? Unless somebody else wasn't have more to say about their stuff. I've, I've been sitting on this. Since if you notice, that. by the way, when you don't talk about current events with, sh with sharpening your knives with talking points, the conversation breathes better. It's okay yeah. to have a moment of dead air without someone throwing in a... Nancy Pelosi taunt. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've moved on to work on Paul Pelosi. He's a much softer target with the, <laughs> with the skull and everything. Sorry. I, don't mean um, to, I don't mean anything by it because I know you still sort of have to do something. Yeah, that. I got to do that I'm, daily. I'm ashamed for laughing at that now. <laughs> oh. um, so being a parent, right, that's something I never thought about my whole life. Never. <clears throat> and I became a parent through marriage. I married a woman, a single mom. Um, and it's funny, man, you know, what did you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a superhero. And this sounds cliche and, and savvy as shit, but being a parent affords you the opportunity to be a superhero time and time and time again. And I genuinely mean that. Um, and when, and when you don't have oh, enough, faith oh, but wait a minute, doesn't that go away at age 13? 
And you oh, God, no. no. Oh, God, no. When, when, when my oldest was living in New York and the boy she was dating punched her in the face and the cops were called, I was, on, I was, in, I was pulling up and parking long-term at the airport by the time Melissa talked me out of getting on the plane. And by the to way, go and, go and bury this kid. When you said that, when you started to say that, I pictured that. Remember that classic Superman, where the, where he would be hanging from ropes in the sky with the clouds going by, and be flying across the country yourself. When when your when your kid needs something or has a problem, they can't find a way out of, and you help them find. You help. You don't just solve their problem. Off too often, that's my rudest to just take the easy way and solve the problem. I've learned with my second kid who we named Mulligan, by the way, that it's, <laughs> it's, it's much better to teach them how to solve the problem. She has an Irish name. It's not actually yeah, Mulligan. It's, it's, middle yeah. name? Okay. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, man, on the first swing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our first kid was a total duff. So we went Mulligan on the second one. <laughs> um, there is, there is no, there is no feeling like having your kid look at you at like you, like you're a superhero. Yeah. I mean, not, nothing, nothing like it. And the things that I never thought I was up to doing, the faith I didn't have in myself, wasn't a luxury when I became a parent. You had to, you had to do what you had to do because it wasn't about you being successful anymore. It was about you being a parent. Yeah. So it took, it took away the fear of, of fear of failure, fear of accomplishment, fear of anything, fear of self-doubt. All that is eliminated when you become a parent because it's not a luxury you have anymore. Wow. I don't know if this is admitting a weakness, but I do, and the word is not envy, but uh, I do admire the relationships that I see, for example, between Bob and his son, which is very warm, very funny. And I think, did I miss out? You know, did my, did my fear get in the way of what could have been, you know, uh, the most fulfilling back half, back nine? Back nine say. of life, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you'd have been a phenomenal parent. So I have a thought about that. First off, don't ever watch uh, Mr. Eddie's father or any of those shows. Oh, I have. Yeah. Andy Griffith. I cry. I still cry. Okay. Any father son relationship because yep. mine was so right. dysfunctional. Let me hey, tell you. Something. By the way, Al, pa yeah. Al Pacino at eighty three just knocked up a twenty nine year old Ed. So there's still time. Hua. Okay. <laughs> and Ed already has someone probably hotter than what Al Pacino saw. This twenty nine year old is ooh. That's, Hoo-ah! <laughs> got us a moron here. You haven't met Lizzie, have you? Mm-mm, no. You don't know Ed's backstory. Uh, I've heard I've heard secondary tales that make me want, yeah, brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed has had um, a number of relationships. You've confided this in me and never pulled the trigger on marriage, and now we know a little bit of the backstory why fear of loss uh but in in an amazing relationship now with a woman that we met uh in vermont and hang out hung out with for days and she is it's just like summer Masick and steve fossen you know from heart um when you see these um you know january december <laughs> what do they call them may, may september what do they call it? it depends on how far apart you are right immoral yeah. is what they call it. yeah <laughs> immoral is what they call it. they they call uh, stephen summers is a 1961 1993 is that the so i don't know that's, that's a bad joke they don't all work they don't all land <laughs> so it's, it's the wrong year but but anyway when you see that at first you go oh he's got a girl she looks like she's barely out of high school 
and and uh, and of course the guy has both you know uh, the reactions come from our dna folks so don't give yeah. me shit yeah state guys uh, built in you know one <laughs> one part of the dna uh and our scientist friend uh, john medina uh, speaks about this in his first book there's a part of your dna that whenever you see a person whenever you see or even a thing um that's new you say um can i eat it <laughs> will it eat me can i have sex with it uh, is, this, it... is this from your marriage counselor questionnaire <laughs> no no this is actually this is actually in his book uh, and i might be misquoting part of it uh, and then have i seen it before do i recognize it because we categorize things yes. and so when you when you see someone you know with uh someone of a vastly uh younger age you it's it's normal and you run into this all the time at it people see you together they probably think she's your daughter right oh uh, yeah definitely sometimes you get closer to the microphone you actually yes have, yes it does. You sound sexier thank you <laughs> uh, really mean that i mean more youthful you would not love that just put a mask over it and you're all set yeah that's right uh, but anyway, when you see that, you think, because I remember the first time I ever saw Stephen Summer, and that now has to be 15 years ago or so. I mean, she was in her 20s, and yeah, maybe 29 or something. And, and, yeah. and he was, you know, I'm not going to say. Anyway, but I, I, I went. He was I, not. I, yeah. yeah. But I, I just went, well, and she's pretty, and, and he's, you know. <laughs> Got some great rock star pictures. No, but uh, but anyway, and I just thought, oh, why are they together? And you know, and, and the thing you always think is, is someone taking advantage of the other person because that's the thing you think that's yeah. everybody. You have no freaking idea, no clue. And now they're so happily married in the most wonderful. It was clear they were destined for each other. Yeah. And you and Lizzie, it feels kind of the same way. Yeah. But all right, this is really This is really personal. Uh, do, does one of you want to get married and the other one is hesitant? Uh, the, the the topic has been broached. Yes. Did you get her a brooch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was. She's old school. So okay. She would Who? know what a brooch is. She's got an Irish background. Yeah. Irish so guy. broached by somebody. Uh, yeah. Y yes. All right. <laughs> I, I have been proposed to many times. Oh, um, she wants you to do it. That's what I was trying to... And, you, yeah. and why not? Yeah, uh, I I I don't know. And by the way, again, it's just my DNA talking, but she's, she can have a, a kid for you. Yeah, she'd be more I'm like Mister Eddie's grandfather, but still, it's okay. People, tell you about my best friend. He's got a hearing aid and got uh, <laughs> Jeopardy every night. I, yeah, <laughs> got a new hip ready to trip. <laughs> um, but society has softened though on marriage, right? And don't you think that just on all partnerships, kinds of marriage. yes, partnerships. I mean, <laughs> even the need to be married. Partnerships yeah. nowadays have become such the norm and accepted and almost it's, yes and preferred it's the paper yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think still, it's a, i think it's a sacred institution though i would right. take i would take it very seriously all right this is even more personal uh, but you don't want to have a kid um i think that under the right circumstances uh if i won the lottery for example um i would be prepared to adopt i don't think i would have my own i think that that's it's a financial concern 
Well, it is financial, but I, yeah. I also think there are so many unwanted children. I would just mm. take one that, that didn't oh. have a parent. That's what our buddy Eric did. So you, you'd have a rescue kid, not go to one of those breeders where, you know. That's admirable. That's really admirable. have a way yeah. <laughs> with words. <laughs> we tried rescue kids, but they always didn't turn out what they wanted, so we went yeah. to a breeder. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go to Dave now. You should have got a shock <laughs> collar. Dave, Dave is also in this uh, in this boat a little. You and Nancy are, you know, you're not going to do anything about it now, but. No. And of course you, not. You both have careers. I mean, you're the career power couple. Well, that was why we just didn't get around to having kids. I mean, I was doing 12 sevens at Boeing and I was just like, well, I'm, I'm busy working, you know, and I overtime just nonstop and Nancy was going to school and pursuing her big career. <clears throat> it just Can never occurred this? to us. Can't you see the size of the grow he's got a 10 to Bob? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This portion of the show brought to you by whatever birth control David and Nancy preferred, because clearly <laughs> it's working. It worked. Uh, actually, all three of you should get an endorsement deal. All right. Anyway, well, that's, that's interesting. Um, by the way, part of this book, um, part of what makes this so interesting is like so many good things in my life right now, it came from one of my kids, Keith, recommended this book to me. Wow. And he had read it. It was powerful. And he said, you should read this, Dad. Because I stopped reading self-help books, you know, before 2002. We know. Yeah. That's obvious. <laughs> but um, uh, but he's also the one who recommended to me the podcast I listened to. And Andrew's the one who's turned me on to podcasts and comedians. And so, uh, and I don't know how many parents are like this, but. I, I really need to learn stuff from the younger generation because even though I'm getting old and, and I enjoy my old guy, you know, crutches too. Um, you, in, especially in today's hyper, um, what's the word? Everything's war world. Well, not, I, not, not even that. No, I'm talking about there are so many tra channels, so many choices, ah. so many things to know that creaming through uh, uh, what is it filtering through all the crap to get to the cream of the, of the crop is very difficult and for some reason and i think it's their guardian angels uh, young people are getting inspired whereas we're still just shaking our fist at the people to get off our lawn yeah. figuratively there's no one on my lawn i don't even have a lawn it's fake grass <laughs> yeah i had a, a a young not family member but a, 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 i guess it would be my brothers my now deceased brothers sister-in-law's son who has been at every christmas every occasion and um posted on my facebook page when i was ordained and i had myself in my vestments you know and he said um the alphabet you know godspeed you against the alphabet wars and i thought alphabet wars so i go over to his site and he's hawking a t-shirt that is anti-LGBTQ+. Mm. That this mm. is what the alphabet were. And I'm like, he's half my age, and he's thinking that way. Which I, I said, I said, you're allowed. To, you're allowed your opinion. Don't put it on my page. I have a lot of gay friends. I have conservative friends. Right. I have uh, friends that don't identify with as a gender 
with any particular gender so, or non-binary. I said, they're start... very hurt by this sort of thing. My, yeah. The people in my business are sensitive. Don't, don't do that. I'm not going to ban you from my page. You're entitled to your opinion, but not my, not my professional page. That's very easy. I mean, that's very accepting of you, which is obviously setting a good example. Uh, but let's, let's examine <clears throat> for a second. Why does he think that way? Why does he exist? Uh, I think it's anger. I think it's uh, just deep-seated anger, alpha. I, I, I believe there might be some hormone injections involved or some roids or something. I don't really know. Okay. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer an, an alternate theory. Now, I know this is a near and dear to Spike's heart, this, this, and all of us, actually, this topic. Um, <clears throat> and it's not current events. It's just it's always, it's always an issue in humanity and society um for as long as there's recorded history um it's possible that um that it's it's genetically in in us it's in our dna to want to see everything the way it is best for procreation mm. It's possible that it's part of our survival instincts. And I, I know, Spike, I'm not, I'm not saying that as a theory to justify anything. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind and see that side of things. It would, it's not even a side. It would explain why each generation grows its own brand new bigots who have to be matured somehow. Because when we're coming up, I, I, like when I look back at some of the stuff I used to do um, and say, um, so good that there's not me two cameras uh from the <laughs> i'll say early mid 70s i'm just going to be so politically safe with this <laughs> but there but you know there are like i'll see what happens to some like the really bad people are really bad you know harvey weinstein's yeah but the senator al frankeny stuff <laughs> i know yeah been there done all of that and uh and even a few you know a few times where someone may have um andrew has a joke about this actually i'm going to quote my son's joke this is an escape hatch for me by the way <laughs> joke thing where he says it, 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 you know uh, depending on your definition consent i've never had it <laughs> everybody has always been well i guess so um <laughs> if it's full-throated maybe full-throated is the wrong word it's, yeah that's a little if it's, you know, wholehearted, absolutely, you're the one I want to be with is what's required. That's a steep hill to climb. Um, but but anyway, it's but then you grow up and you mature. And um, at some point, hopefully before you're on the Today Show, <laughs> you, you, you see, uh, you know, see the opposite sex as equal and to be respected and, and to be learned from. Uh, you know, and, and you see gay people and all of that as a, a part of nature that is all part of the beautiful. I mean, it's perfect that the rainbow is the symbol. By the way, I saw a really funny uh, cartoon today that some of the southern states want to outlaw water fountains because they're creating rainbows. And children <laughs> shouldn't see that. Well, it's also become a virtue of signaling. Uh, yes, of course. Thing too. What has... Rainbows? The rainbow, yeah. You know, let me let, even... me, let, let me ask let me ask something about that because I got a I got a, a heated discussion with my air partner about that. What a surprise! Um, I know, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, can some does if somebody tries to show allyship 
is it rain is it virtue signaling to doing it for themselves don't know only if you know what's inside their brain and their intent the heart yeah, yeah. so virtual signaling like mother Teresa, virtue signaled all the time she handed loaves of bread to the poor like she like she liked the poor please yeah, like come she on cared about him <laughs> please so i think what it, it's great i think it's <laughs> a sacrilege <laughs> well what the term means is that it's a false flag it's false yeah. that you don't really care you're just using it to earn points uh mm -hmm. and um and that is someone saying that's someone's essentially calling you a liar okay mm -hmm. and um and sometimes they might be right i don't know some people yeah know, yeah politicians often you know it's called a photo op for a reason yeah that's virtue signaling every time i prefer yeah. grip and grin grip and grin yeah. is a good yeah. one yeah yeah, yeah. so no, you're, um, you're right and, and i'm sure many people do just virtue signaling. i love Budweiser. Jack, what did he say yeah. um jack thinks that all displays are virtue signaling or yeah rain rainbow economics or it was the term he had it was that's you know the, the whole you know go go woke go broke bullshit um, right. all that stuff Oh, and, they um, have, and, I, and I, there's some well, truth to, the, to that, by the way, in, in the sense. Oh yeah, that oh yeah, oh it's yeah. about money. Well, yeah. Well, you can tell who's virtue signaling, like Budweiser, who did their whole trans can thing for a day, trying to chase the trans dollar. And as soon as they figured out that redneck America wasn't going to have none of it, they pulled back faster than you know. I was going to say Nick. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Nick Cannon. The Nick Cannon, but he never pulls back. No. So, you know, um, <laughs> I think and, you know, yeah. and, and, and tar Target's almost guilty of this, just as hypocritical a move. But they've they've Target got the cover do? of. Well, Target's had Pride displays in Pride Month for years. And here we are for, in current events, but we'll make. I know. Well, yeah, well, we, we, it's a good I know. Story. Yeah. You know, but but people people take it upon themselves to be. You know, culture warriors and videotape themselves thrashing displays at Target right. because they'll Is get a thousand kind of clicks, suit or something? ten thousand clicks. Target has a trans a transkini. I don't know if that's what they call it, but that's what I call it. It's got a little thicker pocket for tucking for a trans woman a who hasn't had for surgery. To people. Yeah. Well, yeah. people started people started saying they were ha they were displaying. Think Target it in their... wanted us to say Target more without them having to buy ads, and that's why they made the transkini. That would I made be the virtue signaling, wouldn't it? I made the same call about Budweiser because when they were kicking their flack, I'm like, I've watched Fox News say the word Budweiser 75,000 times in two yeah. weeks. I don't know what that costs, but it's a lot more than they lost at the uh, at the beer counter. Um, now, but Target pulled back and pulled their displays because people were going in and thrashing them, and they were accosting their employees mm -hmm. about promoting the devil and grooming and Satanism and all the bullshit that people put on that. And we started talking about this, about why people can't be accepting of others, right? Hmm. And, and and Bob, you said it was how people people evolved through different uh, bigotries over time. No, and I, I think I actually I, think it's well, built into our DNA. I actually think our tribal nature is millions of years in the making, and that yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, that even yeah. though we think we make progress each generation, the new people born are born with the same basic operating system that Fred and Wilma and Barney uh, had, and <laughs> and and, and <laughs> yes, and so part hey, of I don't know Fred. Um, yeah, no, you're, you're right. That, that's part, reptilian. That's, that's thought, the, just so you, so you got the whole analogy. So part of humanity's challenge is always that we're all born with the basic imprint, you know, in religion, they call it original sin. Uh, we're all born with this, uh, these fallibilities and these primitive instincts into something called civilization, which has evolved beyond them. But each new baby born 
you're sort of starting not entirely from scratch because society and 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 the ecosystem and culture and the internet all these tools have gotten crazy good but you're still teaching a baby to actually think and humans uh this is something that john talks about with me all the time humans have the longest one of the longest gestation periods and one of the longest child rearing periods we have the longest by far of any mammal i mean there's all kinds of mammals that within two days this horse is off running and eating grass and a right. human baby can't even stop spitting up for two years and doesn't even know where to where to poop and my and, oldest one's at 34 and still doesn't know what the hell to do <laughs> so yeah so opposite of food say baby so i looking at it in a bigger picture um in the human condition where i think we can grow where the truth can get its pants on you know so i have this like saying now i love um, that logo by the way yeah that's a great that's a great moniker well what we could realize if we had education <laughs> is we could teach ourselves that everyone new coming up deserves unconditional love and understanding for their prejudices their anger all of the things that are genetically part of the human problem. And we know enough science now to identify a lot of it. Uh, and that we need to come up with plans to uh, make people more prosperous emotionally, not just financially. See, and, and, and there's a conflict of interest because factories need dumb, dumb people to go in and wow. do the dumb work. But we're, uh, as a species, watch this over the next several hundred years check back with me um <laughs> no over as a species we're evolving so that we are coming to that age where no one will actually have to do physical robots will do everything the human brain will be freed to use its creativity and thoughts in, in, in interesting ways and yeah, Zager and evans are here in the year <laughs> 25 25 or we'll kill each other and blow ourselves up. I know that's the other possibility. Uh, but, uh, but, the, but the greater possibility, I think the human good, is that we, we, the adults, the ones who should be giving unconditional love, who are ranting at each other over political divisiveness, uh, if we go, oh, yeah, my, my friend's a, you know, he's a kind of a, you know, he's a little wacko. He believes these conspiracy theories. And you sit with them and you go, I'm curious about all those. Why do you like believing them? How much do you know if they're true? What kind of what kind of facts? I don't know. I'm just sitting here talking to you. You know, and, and if you have that kind of conversation one on one with someone, most people are pretty reasonable. Up to a point. Yeah. Point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but know, anyway, I, I, that, that, and yet look at all the progress we've made. Same well, thing. We, we were making progress up until about six, seven years ago. Two steps forward. So yeah. a graph up we, always goes like this, like this. Yeah. You know, we're going. Going. Yeah. we put the car in neutral lately for as far as progress goes, I think, if not but, reverse. But what you call dumb and I call just not educated yet, um, you know, is, is well, dumb. Well, I wouldn't call it uneducated because, I mean, you talk about how we have this ecological, biological, I should say, uh, Need to need to survive, you know. Fear of what will eat us, what can we eat, yada yada. Yeah. But you know, you put a black baby and a white baby in a crib together, they don't grow up hating each other because the color of their skin. That's yeah, taught to exactly. them. And, so it's, and not lack way, of right. it's not lack of and education; it's way, miseducation. They grow up loving each right. other because they are too young to watch cable news. Okay, that's, that's the right. end of that. Um, yeah. No, seriously. Um, well, you know, it, I, I, well, let me let me say, let me finish the thought. I was because sure. we wanted to finish your thought first. 
um, you know, a generation, uh, well, multiple generations, 100 years ago, we were told that the African-American was inferior and it was going to be a detriment of our society. It couldn't be equal. We learned that that wasn't true. Okay, then we learned immigration. But we were that's told been going that on. because we were white. Let me get to my point. Yeah. Then we were told because we were white Americans that people from other countries were the problem. And we're still being told that today. But that argument doesn't hold water either. Nobody's well, coming. People aren't coming swimming across the Rio Grande to take coding jobs at Amazon. That ain't happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but the latest, the latest enemy is latest other is LGBTQ. Yeah. That's this month's flavor of the people you should be afraid. And, and well, it's being framed as Baskin Robbins. There are only twenty-eight flavors, and they do keep rotating. And that one's rotating. I know. To, to, uh, well, it, a number to, of presidential elections. Yeah. I got down this rabbit hole, and I apologize. It's, no, it's always okay. funner. It's always no. funner when we're funny. Uh, but Ed's quite. <laughs> Ed's question about the the alphabet wars guy, right? And, and yeah. how do you said how do people get to that? Because they've been told that, that some of these people are coming after your kids. They've been told it's, that that, it, that drag queens are groomers and that they're you know you want to stop groomers, eliminate the Catholic fucking church. You know, take wrestling coaches off the board. I know, but you know, you know, you know, you know, you know it takes a drag to be on um, on broadcast radio. Uh, with I don't those. say that there. I say that here. Um, <laughs> you know what? It takes a drag queen to untuck her shit to go after your kid. It's like an hour and a half. <laughs> it, it, it ain't it ain't drag That's queen. Funny. Did you do that on the air? That is funny. Yeah, that I did. Yeah, yeah, that is funny. All right. Plus, is, is your kid covered in glitter? No, you're fine. Right. Your secret <laughs> weapon is funny. You know, we yeah. kind of started this whole discussion prior to Ed's comment uh, uh, about being fear-based. Don't you think? Yeah, being... thanks, Ed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and don't you think this digital echo chamber, digital lifestyle we live in exacerbates it to no end? Echoes. Yeah. Well, because there uh, used to be three major networks. There used to be a couple of newspapers and they all behaved politely with each other. You know, the major network said, hey, you know, this Jack Kennedy, he's banging Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, we don't want to put that on the evening news. Children are watching. And, right. and, and there Those was were the, true, the days. <laughs> but the reason for that was that um, it was best for business. And now what's best for business is it's a dog eat dog uh, world with an infinite number of channels. And the only way to cut through the clutter is to go for fear, is to go for drama, and is to actually bend the facts or omit certain facts to herd an audience. And, you know, Roger Ailes, the first real uh, smart person to recognize this um, when he took, what was it, CNBC? No, it was, a, it was an NBC News thing, and they switched it to Fox, and he said, we're going to be full balls to the wall conservative and our slogan will be fair and balanced yeah. and you know that that basically led the way and by the way if he didn't do it someone else would have done it because it's caused by the number of channels all competing in a business world for uh, advertising dollars so it's looking and, for their niche right well they're looking well, to it, make a living i mean this is we're tribal yeah, and we're looking to build a little campfire and have some people around it and throw spears well, at anyone who threatens us and uh it's, you know it's, it's it's even a little more insidious than that because the algorithms that send us what we see because my feed is different than bob's feed is different than Ed's absolutely feed, right absolutely. and Very and so pe pe people get into this this their feed everybody in my feed says that gays are groomers Right. And drag queens are groomers. So I'm in the majority because everybody I see feels that way. Because you see the same 130 B bags 
and not the 100 million people in them that are talking these days. You see the same little circle of people who think like you do, and you're deluded into thinking you're part of the majority. They're I, chumming the waters. Yeah. I, yeah. A lighthearted uh, sidebar. Oh, yep. There's five of us here. Raise your hand if you've been groomed. <laughs> I was groomed. I, was, I, I don't know what the definition of the word is. But my I barber some... was my barber was closed and the dog groomer next door was open and I needed a haircut so <laughs> that's groom. Okay. Um, I, someone once made a pass at me that, that I didn't know was gay and that's not grooming. What, was, just... was it was it was it somebody from an organization that you felt you could trust? I never trusted the Boy Scouts. That's the part. Well, that's no, that, yeah, the that's part. that's yeah, yeah. the thing, Ed. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, because pe people people they say these people always tend to. Why is it always? I don't mean to be the Catholic Church. I do apologize, Father. Forgive me. Um, <laughs> Too late. But the, you know, people who people who groom people who yeah. are predators, teachers, they, preachers, they, yeah. teachers, preachers, Boy Scout leaders, whatever it might be, they hide in places where safety is a, is a given. Okay, but you're it's talking, part of their camouflage. Let, let me let me interject. You're talking about them like it's terrorism. And as awful as it is, most of society, most of society behaves itself. And these are aberrations. These are not the norm. What happens, the mean, yeah. what happens well, yeah, well, in modern well, media is that this is portrayed as if it is the norm. And therefore, it becomes impossible not to pay attention to it or you're saying you're for it. So, No, I, I hear you. But I, but I would argue that terrorism is also the, the, the minuscule number outlier. It right? is terrorism, same thing. Ter yeah. terrorisms don't portray real Muslim culture any more than a, a, no. a pedophile priest portrays the priesthood. Trump Absolutely loves nothing more than hanging out with some rich Muslim sheiks and and and, 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 your, and, and doing golf course deals with you. Them. Bet your Absolutely. bottom drop money yeah. he does. Yeah. However, don't ever call him stupid because corralling that fear, that tribal fear, at the right time. And saying we're not letting any in until we find out what the heck's going on, which is I love those kind of statements. It's totally bland. The statement has no facts in it, but no perspective whatsoever. It's all tribal fear based. And so I'm coming back to the same point. The problem humanity has is not any of these problems. It's our education. We're not our education hasn't grown up to deal with the current challenges that we have by complete freedom of speech, complete freedom of communication. We didn't have it before. We had three networks. We had a few newspapers. Everybody, you know, uh, it, it was it was the Mad Men time. We had advertising, which was spin and, you know, making up stories about products. But it was all relatively harmless compared to what can be done now by just an angry mob getting out of control. It's like a forest fight. We create all this yeah, tinder. Yeah, yeah. So I... I to me, the, the entire answer isn't arguing. It's absolutely not arguing about these issues. It's actually talking about how we can learn more and yeah. educate ourselves to minimize any of this going on. You mean that 95% yeah. of doctors that smoke camels don't do it because it makes them healthy? Those are such good times. Good times. I'd rather fight than switch. LSMFT. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, great discussion, guys. Um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. This is uh, LSMFT. Is that the new acronym? Is that the new alphabet that's, thing? I, that's I can't the month. Keep up. 
Yeah. yeah. LSMFT. Happy Pride Month, LSMFT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, is this the third episode of Truth Gets Its Pants On, if we started calling that when Kathy Faulkner was on, or is this the second? You're the, uh, you're the keeper. It's the third. It's the third. It's the third. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're working on the jingle more. We're going to make a, a video. We're going to use AI, by the way. It turns out that I could, that the one that we did, and actually, um, uh, this was done by David and, and very well done on, on a, not even a shoe, yeah. it's a shoestring potato. It was a quickie. Very <laughs> yeah. quickie. Amen. Amen. But here's the jingle. We see that a light can go halfway around the world before the truth gets his pants on. The Bob and Zip Show with Ben Kelly. We'll be back next week and I think we're going to have Drew Lane on. That's an AI jingle. Hold on. That's an AI jingle from Detroit. No, no, no. not yet. Oh, not good. Yet. I was going to say, for, first off, you know, tax, tax assistants, <laughs> middle managers, jingle figures. <laughs> That's all. And the next time we don't have a guest, let's really dig deep into that because I'm just so fascinated. I got an email from uh, Jerry, Jerry and Lois Photography, and he, um, you know, his craft is taking pictures, doing multiple layers, going into Photoshop, getting the lighting right, um, sometimes working for days on a particular photograph. And there was a, um, a tool that came out that would get rid of glare and fix eyeballs yeah. and do all yeah. this stuff. And he said, this would have taken me hours mm -hmm. and hours. And he said, I learned how to use the tool and fixed it in two minutes. And so, yeah. yes, this is, but this is all part of the Amazing. same problem. We're going to have so much ability and we're still going to have these lizard brains that can literally be controlled by algorithms. Can I eat this? Yes. Yeah. Will it eat me? <laughs> can I have sex with it? We'll will my friends that. disapprove or will they be jealous? <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's fascinating. We'll keep going with this theme next week. Drew Lane, Drew replaced me at WAAF in Boston and worked with zip they moved to Phoenix. They moved to Detroit. He is one of the greatest radio announcers of all time. He's also got some stories. Hey, Bob, were you going to mention any other upcoming guests? I could mention a couple. So this is David's thing. David's like, uh, I need to put all of these uh, tags in so people will search and find you. Uh, just write sex. Sex, drugs, and rock yeah. and roll. Rainbow. Yeah, have you seen? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, well, also coming up, Dudley Taft, who's a direct descendant of. Dudley uh, Detroit. No. President no. Howard Taft. <laughs> Howard William Howard Taft. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, boy, his stories are something. Um, yeah. Yeah. He is traveling the world now, playing the blues, and he used to play in Spike and the Impalers. Uh, there are about six other guests I'm working on and, um, and, you know, we'll try to, and we don't have a guest. We won't have a guest, but a different kind of discussion. Okay. <laughs> Let us know what you think of it. Long form, hardly at all topical and the spikes on and he just cannot. It's like, sorry, diarrhea. I didn't bring it up. No, I always bring like it up. And blame you. The whole point. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> sorry. One more thing. I didn't hurt your feelings. We're now on YouTube music. What does that mean? It means you can find our podcast, your podcast on uh, okay. YouTube Music. 
And Ed has to play harmonica in every episode, or That's we right. can't call the music. <laughs> One of the other things Dave has kept telling me is that um, YouTube is the preferred platform for what we're doing. And uh, and I'll tell you the numbers because uh, if you've listened this long, you're your family. Um, between two different Facebook streams, YouTube, which we don't, we haven't really developed. We've only been doing it for a little while. Um, Spotify. Apple, are we on Amazon too? Yes. Google, we're on all of them. All of them. Uh, and I scour, you know, to see how many people actually listen to the show. And when you add all of them up, it, it could be between three or four thousand people per episode. So it's not a, it's not a small group. And and we really appreciate those of you who, let me put it this way, with so many entertainment choices. <laughs> <laughs> we know you have so many. Yeah, the fact that you're hanging out with us means a lot. And some of you are probably old friends, and some of you are probably just too lazy to get up and change the channel. I don't know. <laughs> and um, for you Patreon people, remember, I can answer your phone for you if you want a stranger to do it. Ed, we'll do a phone answering message for you. He's been doing it for, for years for people. It's very nice. Uh, so you can email us any anytime, show at bobandzip.com. Let us what you th know what you think of this new – it's not really new. It's just – I just don't want them to uh, – here's the thing. When, when it comes out on Facebook and three days later we're talking about something that's already out of the news, it feels like it doesn't have any staying power. A little stale. Yeah. And when we do a great interview with someone that's really smart so we're all learning and everyone else learns – uh, then it feels like that'll last a long time. So there's a wonder anyway. where you got that idea. <laughs> Howard Stern, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's he's the best interviewer on the planet. Do he was to... terrible, that son of a bitch. <laughs> Get closer it to the microphone. Call, Howard's always called himself him. a disc jockey. I don't think so. <laughs> I was a DJ. I was an on-air personality. He was a piece of <laughs> it's a little it's, it's Howard, but it's got a little bit of oh, that's Don Imus. Yeah. No, cool. I'm doing the I'm in. Howard's down here. Both those guys influences. Um, I have to say, Howard, you know, just opened up the door for so many radio people to actually not be shocked off, but be your true self. One yeah. word, Bob. Lesbians. Lesbians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Bob. I had to throw that in. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, one more time at the jingle and out. Everybody have a great day. It's